So that video was, uh, in many ways, a teaser for our series, which we are in right now. And this series is about life as a disciple. Uh, what are the practices of disciple? And if you are a follower of Jesus, a disciple, Christian, uh, today, that you believe in Jesus, uh, these are some of the practices we want to focus on as a church, and we feel are really important for every follower of Jesus. And so each week we're going through uh, one of these. So last week, Bally spoke to us on prayer and how important it is to pray and to pray into different things. We looked at Matthew chapter 6. Do you remember, church? He looked at the structure of a prayer. So this week, I'm going to be talking about reflecting on Scripture. I'm just going to speak to us for 15 minutes. And so stay engaged. Stay with me. Uh, Grab a Bible, grab a notepad and pen, because I want to really encourage us of how important it is to reflect on Scripture. So, if you've got a Bible with you, if you've got a phone, if, you haven't, if you're not using it to stream this, uh, go with me to Psalm chapter 34. Psalm chapter 34. And we're going to read that in a moment to... Together. We're going to read that in a moment. So I believe uh, that this Bible is God-ordained. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is living. It is active. It is filled with stories of the people of God. It is filled with the promises from God. I believe that this Bible uh, gives us wisdom. It can guide you and lead you and me as well in our lives. See, the Bible is for now and our generation. But also, the Bible will be for the next generation and now in the midst of their times. That means the Bible is relevant uh, just as much thousands of years ago, today, and in the years to come. See, this word is necessary in every season. It is necessary every day and in every moment. And that's what I want to encourage you today, that as disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus... The Bible reflecting upon scripture is for us in every season, in every day and in every moment. See, many of us have phones, right? Uh, we have phones in our, in, our, uh, in our pockets. We have phones in our handbags. Uh, did you know that 95% of the UK households have a smartphone. That's right, 95% have a smartphone. And every uh, person who has a smartphone spends averagely three hours and 15 minutes on their phone each day. That's crazy, right? Three hours and 15 minutes each day on their phones. See, most of us wouldn't leave our house without our phones. Uh, some of us wouldn't even leave our rooms that we're in, whether that's our living room or bedroom, without our phones. See, people find 
their identity. They find uh, their, in many ways who they are through their phone. What type of phone they have and what they do on their phone through social media it is found often uh, is channeled through their mobile phone. But I want to question is that why is that? Why do we not even leave our rooms without our phone or our houses? Why does everyone have a phone in their pockets? And I think it's this, right? It's because the mobile phone has become a necessity to life. That's right. It's become a necessity to life. It's the same as, can I put it like this, church? Putting your clothes on in the morning. You put your clothes on in the morning, right? And, well, I hope you all do. And at the same time, you put your phone in your pocket. Or you put your mobile phone in your handbag. Or you put your mobile phone in your backpack. Or your laptop bag. Wherever you put your mobile phone. But it's like I put my clothes on in the morning and I put my phone in my pocket. They come in the same, uh, on, the, on the same level. And I've got a question for you. Right, church? If you were on a desert island... And you could either take your clothes or your mobile phone. Can I ask you this question? Yeah, go for it. Anyway, if you would take your clothes or your mobile phone, what would it be? On a desert island, on your own, what would you pick? I think most of you would probably pick your mobile phone. Maybe, maybe I am wrong. Uh, and I don't really want to know the answer, to be honest. I don't really want to know the answer. But... That's because our mobile phone has become a necessity sorry, for our lives like putting on clothes. See, let's get back to the Bible that's reflecting on Scripture. See, like our phones become, uh, become so part of our lives, they become part of our everyday lives, that we put it in our pockets, we put it in our handbags, like getting our clothes in the morning. The Bible should do likewise. The Bible should be with us in every season of our lives. The Bible should be with us in every day, in every moment of our lives. Because the Bible, it encourages us, it challenges us, it equips us for life. See, this morning I'm encouraging you to reflect upon Scripture. Not, not just read Scripture, because you can read any old book. For there's something valuable about digging into the Bible, understanding it more, grasping it more, and applying it to your lives that will benefit you and your discipleship. See, the Bible will help you to know Father God better. The Bible will take you through those hard seasons in your life. The Bible is prophetic. It is the promises of God for our lives. This I could speak so much about because I love that God has given us this to help us in every season, in every day and every moment. And for that reason, I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes just unpacking a scripture, Psalm 34. And this scripture, God spoke to me about three or four weeks ago. And I basically uh, read every day and night this scripture and I dived into it and I researched and I looked at it because I felt God say, this is the scripture for the season that you are in. 
And this is for an encouragement for us today through this scripture that encourage you that in your life, in every season, every day and every moment is that you should have the words of God with you. Let God speak to you through the Bible. So let's get on with this. And we're going to be speaking about Psalm 34 together. And we're going to be going through it together. I hope that you found it by now. I hope that you have. So, we uh, are here in uh, Psalm 34. And the, the back story of Psalm 34 is from 1 Samuel 21. You don't need to turn there. I can just explain it to us. So, 1 Samuel 21 is David. And David is, has run away from Saul. Uh, Saul was king, and but David was uh, becoming very popular. Uh, Saul noticed that the favour of God was on David's life. Uh, Saul was uh, defeating um, armies, but David was defeating even more armies. Uh, Saul was concerned about the popularity of David, and David noticed this, and the people were literally, and it says this in the Bible, they were singing the praises of David. They were, you know, celebrating of how great David is. And so Saul uh, wasn't liking this. And David picked up on this, so he had to leave uh, Saul and where he was. And he ran away to a place called Gath. And this is where we get into 1 Samuel 21. And in Gath is important because, do you know who's from Gath? Goliath. And previously, David had defeated Goliath. He had defeated, you know, the muscle man of Gath. And all the Philistines looked to Goliath to protect them and save them in many ways. And he would go in front of them and protect them. And David came along, defeated their, their biggest guy. And so for some random reason, I don't know why, David decides to run away to Gath. And as he goes to Gath, he realises quickly... He's not getting a welcoming party. The opposite, really. The people in Gath, they want to hurt him and kill him, basically. They don't want him there. And so, and so, what does David do? He pretends to be a madman. It says in the Bible, in 1 Samuel 21, he literally scratches the city gates. He, he like, he... He dribbles down his beard. He's pretending to be insane so that people wouldn't kill him and they would let him go free. And he, in that opportunity, as he pretends to be mad uh, so he can escape the, the Philistines, the people of Gath, who actually were, wanted to kill him. He runs away and he finds himself in a cave with a group of men. And this is where we get into Psalm Chapter 34. And we're going to go through the first first few nine verses together. It's going to be an encouragement to you and the importance of reflecting on scripture. So verse 34 starts off by saying, number one, point number one, bless the Lord. It says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in my mouth. See, David has now escaped the Philistines in Gath. He's now in a cave and he is counting his blessings. He is uh, recording everything God has done in his life. See, this is uh, praise from the cave. That is what it is. He's praising, he's blessing, he's thanking. And he knows that praise shall be on his lips. See, many of us would know David as a, uh, as a king, as a great king. He defeated Goliath. He's a poet. He wrote Psalms. He's, done, he's won so many um, incredible battles and he was victorious. But at this point in Psalm 34, he's ran away from King Saul. He's ran away uh, from the Philistines in Gath. And he's hiding out in a cave and he is praising God and he's counting his blessings that he is still alive. See, for us today, uh, we might not be in a cave, but we're in lockdown. We're in isolation. We're in a place you could take some similarities to a cave. And David's response is to lead the people in praise and in worship. See, the, one of the interesting things about Psalm 34 is actually it's an acrostic. And so uh, many of us think that uh, the acrostic was something we did in the 1990s preaching. And it was cheesy and we would get a letter and make a word and then uh, we were trying to uh, say it to help people to remember stuff. But they did this in the Bible in Psalms. And throughout Psalm 34... Uh, each verse begins with another letter from the Hebrew alphabet. It's actually set for one, one verse, but most of it is all to do it. And they did that so that they could memorise the, memorize the psalm, so they could memorise what they're saying. And so David is in this cave in Psalm 34, and he's created this song or psalm or poem, whatever you want to put it like, and he is saying, I will bless the Lord Oh my, so I will recount his blessings from this situation in this cave. See, Spurgeon put it like this. Not in my heart merely, but in my mouth too. Our thankfulness is not to be a silent thing. It should be one of daughters of music. See, Spurgeon's encouraging us that our praise should not just be kept in our hearts but it should be an overflow into our mouths I want to thank God that he's done this in my life I want to thank God that I've got a roof I'm still alive I might be in a cave I might be in lockdown but I'm choosing to thank God for my garden I'm choosing to thank God that I've got food on my table I'm choosing I've got I've got air in my lungs he's still choosing to bless the Lord oh my soul I will bless him point number one is to bless the Lord. Point number two, and it is this, it says this, verse, um, verse three, oh magnify the Lord with me and let uh, us exalt his name together. See, David thought praising God was to magnify him 
And that is to make a large, uh, to make something or someone larger in one's perception. See, David was like, I'm going to bless him, and that is to magnify God. See, today, I've, I've got a magnifying glass. And you know, the thing about a magnifying glass is that I can take it to an item. Like, I can see you, well, maybe not, but I can take it to an item and I can make this something or someone bigger. But the item does not become bigger. It's just my perspective of the item becomes bigger or something or someone. See, magnification does not make an object bigger. Because when David says, I need to magnify God, he cannot make God bigger because God is the biggest he could ever be. He is the, he's the greatest. He's a name above all names. He's the most powerful. He is all sovereign. You know, he's all in control. And you cannot make God bigger, but you can make your perspective bigger by magnifying uh, God today. And David is saying, I will praise God, I will bless his name, but I will magnify God. My perspective of God can be bigger. See, David knew there was something magnetic about the praises of God. See, when one genuinely praises God, she or he wants others to join in. And when he was in that cave in Psalm 34, David, he would have been around a group of other people and others would have joined in in praising God, in blessing his name, in magnifying God. See, today, church, you have got a choice to choose to magnify God. Where are you going to magnify God? Because as we magnify God, we will start to bless God. We will start to see where he's at work. But it's only when we choose to magnify God. We choose to lift up the name of God. Point number two was to magnify. This is point number three. And it's this. Point number three is radiant and protected. This is what the scripture says, church. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. The, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So you... The two points, this is protected, sorry, radiant and protected. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. See, David is in this psalm. He's there in his cave and he is sought in the Lord. He is praying. He's crying out to the Lord. God, I've got people after me. I've got kings after me. I've got the Philistines after me. I killed their giant Goliath. Uh, uh, before and now I've got the whole city trying to chase me to kill me I've had to pretend to be a madman God and now what is my life looking like but oh I'm in these four wars and the people are after me but I'm going to sort the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears but it says this those who look to him are radiant 
Do you know, church, if we look to God today, we are radiant. There's another scripture where we get this word radiant in uh, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 5. And in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 5, you don't need to look there, I'll describe it to us. It tells us of, a, or, um, of its meaning a bit more deeper. And it says that it's like a mother who's looking at her children. It is a mother's face light up at the sight of her children. See, if you are a mother, a father, a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, uh, and even a brother or sister, you know, when you look at a family member, and especially your children or your grandchildren, your face lights up. It beams, it gleams, because you just love the child, your children, your grandchildren. And this is what um, David is describing, that when we see God, our faces are radiant. They're beaming, because we know how great God is. We've sought him and we've, he's answered us. He's delivered us from our fears and we are like, our faces are, are, are like light. We become radiant as we look at God and we are reflected uh, his glory. The next one is protected. Protected. And this is what it says. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. See, uh, if you know your Old Testament, if you know your Bibles, you've been to maybe been to Bible school or done some training, is that whenever the Old Testament uh, says the angel of the Lord, more times than often, it means Jesus. More times than often, most of the time, it means Jesus. And this verse is just second thing. The angel of the Lord is Jesus, and he is encamped around David. He is circled, encamped around David. Encamped is a military word, and it is when uh, the word the military would use uh, to describe is when the soldiers would go make a circle around something or someone to protect their prize in the middle. That they would literally push together uh, so that no one or nothing could get in to their prize in the middle, you know, their prize possession, either something or someone or a city potentially. And so the soldier didn't camp around that field. I, I remember church when I was young and I used to go to uh, Cubs and uh, I absolutely love Cubs. And we used to go for a week away and weekend away and we would gather around the fire. We would be all circling around the fire, uh, singing songs like Kumbaya, my Lord. You know, you guys probably did it as well. And, uh, you know, someone would play the guitar and we'll have some chocolate and marshmallows on the fire. But we would circle around the fire uh, to gather its heat in many ways. And in the same image as such is that Jesus is encamped around David. That's what David is declaring in Psalm, that he is protected because the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, is encamped around him. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, whatever you're feeling like, Jesus is encamped around you today. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Jesus is encamped around you. He's all around you. He will deliver you and protect you. And he is at work in the unseen, in the waiting, remember. 
uh, with you. And nothing or no one can get to you without Jesus say so. Because David declares, I'm encamped around Jesus. No one or nothing can get to you without Jesus say so. And the best thing about Jesus is that he loves us and he's for us and he will take care of us and he wants the best for us. So therefore, we can know we are safe as he is encamped around us. Point number three is that when you look at God, you're radiant and that we are protected as Jesus is encamped around us. This is our last and final point. And it's from this verse is taste and see the Lord is good. Psalm 34. And it says this, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Those who fear him have no lack. This morning, the fourth point is taste and see the Lord is good. See, for David, after telling uh, how great God is, after saying, I will bless the Lord, I will magnify the Lord, he's delivered me, he's protected me, he's encamped around, I'm radiant because of him. He is saying uh, that you should sample this, sample this for yourself. He's saying that you need a personal encounter with God. Taste and see. See, I don't know about you, but I've been to some great restaurants. Uh, I've had some great cakes cooked by some people in their homes that I'm speaking to right now. And uh, when I enjoy them, when I taste them, they are so good and I love them. And I often go to people and tell them that meal was so good at that restaurant or that cake was so delicious. You know, I want another one. But when I tell people about it, and I can tell them everything about the meal or the cake, but unless one experiences it for themselves, they will never fully know how good it is. And this is what David is saying to us. He's saying in the Psalm 34, unless you experience God for yourself, you have a personal encounter of God, you will never know how good he is. I could tell you how great he is. I could tell you everything he's done in my life. But you've got to have a personal encounter for yourself. You've got to taste and see. You've got to go to that restaurant and enjoy the food for yourself. You've got to see it and you've got to taste it with your lips and your tongue. You have got to enjoy that cake for yourself. But in the same way, church... You've got to taste and see how good God is for yourself. You've got to have your own stories, your own testimonies of what God has done. You've got to have your own stories and testimony of what he does when you spend time uh, with him. See, you could have an intellectual experience of God, and that's easy in many ways. It's easy to have an intellectual experience. It's easy just to read the Bible and attend church. You know, that's the easiest thing. It's harder to go and experience God yourself. It's harder to go and experience his goodness. Because that's what David is saying. Taste and see his goodness. Taste and see how great and how marvellous and how wonderful our God is. 
You might be thinking, well, how do I taste and see this God you're talking about? Well, in many ways, it's what we're talking about over this series. It's about spending time with God in prayer, reflecting on scripture, you know, diving into scripture. It's about the things we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. It's spending time. It's allocating time where you say, this, I want to spend time with God on my own. And I want to experience God. I want to just talk to him. I want to just be in quiet where I can just listen to him. I just want to put some music on and worship him. I want to experience and taste and see God's goodness for myself. I've heard too many stories about other people experiencing God's goodness. I want to do it myself. I can't cope with just an intellectual knowledge of who God is anymore. I need to experience God for myself and taste how good he is. God, by his very nature, is good. God, by his very nature, wants to bless us. And you at church, uh, at your homes right now, you've got to experience how good he is. And that's for us all. That's for myself and, and you as well. Experience the goodness of God. So in Psalm 34, if I just round up by saying this. David, he is in the cave. And he's blessing the Lord even months after it's gone on. He's choosing to magnify him. He is protected and radiant and is calling us to taste and see God's goodness for ourselves. See, as we reflect on scripture, church, there is so much richness that comes out of it. Nine verses and your life and my life just feels raring to go and filled and, and, and filled with truth in God. See, as disciples of Jesus, we've got to hear his message. As disciples of Jesus, we've every season and every day and every moment, I want to encourage you to reflect upon scripture, to have your own, in many ways, prophetic things that God is speaking to you through the word of God, that it can apply to your life in this season, in this day, in this moment. Because they will take you through the mountaintops, they will take you through the valleys. And God will do incredible things in your life. But as we spend time in scripture, not just a quick five second read of, I bless the Lord, oh my soul, whatever that verse is. But actually spending quality time in God's word can change you and change the direction of your whole life. It can change your perspective, it can change how you feel. And that's because I've chosen to reflect in scripture. I've chosen to apply it for my life. I want to encourage you church today. Keep on reflecting. Keep on diving in. Keep on spending time in God's word. There's so much goodness and richness. And it's the, it's the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, if you want to talk about this morning, uh, message myself either on Facebook or contact me. I'd love to talk to you further if you would like that. Uh, in a minute, we're going to end. We would usually sing a song, but I'm going to put a couple of songs on Facebook. Uh, they might have even gone live now. And I just want you, I just really encourage you to take time and listen to those songs. Take time and reflect on these words. They're from, they're from um, Psalm 34. And let's worship together. I hope this morning has been encouraging for you and that you feel blessed. Uh, just to remind you, we've got so much going on through this week. Uh, Wednesday we've got our encouragement, 
We've got our prayer meeting uh, coming up soon on Thursday morning. We've got our Friday prayers. Uh, we've got Kids for Life packs going out. We've got so much, I've probably missed stuff. Uh, the games giveaway. You know, we might be separated, but we are still church together, church where we are. Just encourage you to keep that. So this is not the end. Go on to Facebook. Uh, listen to the songs I've posted on there. And just remember, let's keep reflecting on Scripture. Because this is one of the practices of a life as disciple. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of today. And I just really appreciate you taking your time out uh, this morning. God bless. Bye bye.